Hey everybody, we are super pleased to announce our new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. The goal? Power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. And the best part? Marvel Strike Force just reached its six-year anniversary, which means free stuff when you sign up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. Just complete each event, and you'll receive special awards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and every week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. If we have received a unique promo code for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Again, anybody uses that code, it is unique for all new users. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast with board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And this is episode 315. If you like Stardew Valley, the board game, try these other games. we like to thank all of our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. All right, my friends, we are back, and of course, we are talking board games, and in particular, our feature review is on a board game that came out of nowhere, took over the hobby, you cannot go anywhere in this universe or multiverse without talking about this. It's just everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everything. It's just, how did this happen, Anthony? Come on. How did this happen? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is about these game companies, these video game companies. They're like, we're just let's just make a board game on the side. We won't tell anybody, and then we'll just shadow drop it and make everybody's head explode. This it seems to happen every two to three years, and it's true. this is this year's where the concerned ape was like, "Hey, Stardew Valley, check it out!" And people are like, "What? Whoa! How do I get it?" And you're like, "Oh, it's sold out already." So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. We we talked about this uh, before we came on that. There were no review copies. There was no notice. It was like Beyonce dropping an album. And they were like, you know what this is. You know what this is. You want this. And people were like, I don't know what this is, but I'm buying it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I saw way more of those than, ooh, I want this. It was a lot of people being like, well, I don't really know, but I guess it's Stardew Valley and it's hard to find. So I'm just going to buy it. (laughs) That's interesting marketing strategy. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of fun, 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 fun going on there. So... Yeah, we'll be talking about that in our feature review. Obviously, again, trying to figure out the insanity behind all of it. And we will talk about some games that you can actually get to the table and why those games actually might be better, especially not, you know, considering the fact that it would cost you an arm and leg to pick that game up right now. But, you know, games in that same genre and mechanic of gaming. So stick around because we will be talking about that and all that great stuff that comes along with it. 
So with that said, Anthony, we have a lot of things that's going on with us that is super amazing and dropping out of the sky. We have something that's called BGA Live. Yes, sir. Yeah, every Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we do BGA Live. This week, we have episode 24. We're doing a Lagranha. So we're going to sit down and our friends uh, who come and play games every week, and, and we get to kind of observe and watch and discuss and show everybody how to play. We're doing a, a bit bigger and longer of a game this week, Lagranha. So uh, make sure you join us. That will be up there. And of course, if you do miss it, um, because... That is tonight, if you're listening to this the day the episode comes out, you can watch the replay on Twitch. Absolutely. And again, another really cool farming game if you're looking at farming games that are a video game now at this point. So it's a reversal of Stardew Valley, but nonetheless, it's a fun game. So definitely check it out. So we'll be doing that on BGA Live. But Anthony, there are still things that are going out with our listeners. What's our question of the week? Question of the week this week, uh, are there any recently released board games, so going back about two years, that killed off older games in your collection? So we've done these lists a few times of games that kill other games, but specifically in the last year or two, are there any games that have come out that did that, right? That killed something off. So we got a few good answers here. Some people thinking directly like sequels because sequels are now becoming a thing in board games. And some people just <laughs> thinking thematically in games that, like, I don't need this anymore because now I have this. Uh, so AC mentions uh, Marco Polo. He took that off his list because once 2 is released, he bought that and he didn't want number 1 anymore. I've heard that a few times. Actually, a couple people mentioned that. Uh, he also mentioned the North Sea, North sea Trilogy. So uh, Raiders of Scythia kind of takes all the bits and pieces from those three games and remixes them and creates one standalone game uh, by Shem Phillips. And so a lot of people are saying, like, just own this. You can get rid of the other three. Uh, I I can't speak to that personally. I haven't played any of them. But, that's you know, repeating what I've heard. <laughs> we have people mentioning, like, upgraded versions. So Drew mentions he got rid of his copy of the Driver's Edition of Kanban when EV arrived. He picked up Search for Planet X, and that replaced Cryptid for him. A few different um, answers here, like PAX Premier Second Edition, killing off the first edition, as well as like some of the other PAX games. Jeremiah says that Azul Summer Pavilion killed Standard Azul for him. Um, so a lot of stuff like that, where it's like these this old version of the game, not so much anymore. I'm going to play the new version. Uh, I tend to be one of those crazy people who keeps all the old versions, even if I have the new version. Um, <laughs> I think the most recent game that killed something off for me in my collection was Gaia Project killing off Terra Mystica, but that wasn't two years ago. I don't know that I have anything somewhat recently. Uh, do you have any? I guess the one that really pops out to me and, and really has killed a lot of the other games, not just games in the genre, is Energy Empire. So talking about utilizing a lot of games that we've seen previously like all those kind of like just generic kind of like hey you generate energy hey you do a thing with the energy and that makes all the difference in the world and obviously this is kind of like a, a great game in and of itself but it was kind of like squeezed into an awkward suit of the manhattan project so there's like three Manhattan Project games and they're all relatively good, but you have Energy Empire and you're like, if I wanted to play, you know, a Manhattan Project game, it's going to be this one. That's going to be the one that's there. And it killed a lot of those games and it killed a lot of other games. Like this game 
I mean, people sleep on Energy Empire, but it is one of the best Euro games out there. I keep forgetting how good it is. I mean, it's my, it's definitely my top 100s up there, but it's just it just took out so many different games. Yeah, that's such an amazing game. That's a good one. So if you'd like to hit us up and let us know what you're interested in and what games are knocking out other games, please let us know. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook, those questions of the weeks or more, I guess, more succinctly, question of the days come out each and every day. So you could hit us up, let us know, and get involved in the conversation. Don't forget also BoardGamersAnonymous.com, our website. And again, up right up against Board Game Geek, we have more content than you can possibly imagine. So please do check that out. All right, Anthony, so that's what's going on with our listeners. Let's now talk about the games that we want to hit the table. And let's let everybody know what our acquisition disorders are this week. All right, yeah. Uh, this one jumped out of nowhere for me. I didn't know it was coming. Uh, and that's Batman The Dark Knight Returns, The Game. The this Game. The Zoic, The Game. And so <laughs> it's up on Kickstarter right now. And it's based on the iconic Frank Miller comic from the 80s that pretty much all of Batman has been based on ever since. Um, you know, dark, murdery Batman. <laughs> and it's a solo-only game that had a backer level of $250,000. So when it first went up, I was like, I don't know this is going to happen. And then it did. So apparently <laughs> all my solo gamers out there, they took to the streets and they made it happen. Um, well, t- well, to be fair, if you give Batman enough time or even Batman the game enough time, he could prepare a way to, you know, outdo anything or anyone. Yeah. Even a backer's goal. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. So th- the way this thing works is... And I'm not going to run through the rules or anything. It's a solo game. It's dice-based. You're drawing on the map. So the the map is dry erasable. It comes with a board marker. So you're moving around and drawing things off and marking off different bits. There's a ton of dice in here. So you've got your own dice, your battering dice, which are legit battering dice. I don't know how these work in terms of dice, but they look cool and also ridiculous. So I'm, I don't know. I, I dig that. Just like a man dressed as a bat. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's thematic. It's cool and ridiculous somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have dice for the cops and the mutants. And um, you'll have Robin. Uh, the Dark Knight um, returns Robin. Uh, you have Green Arrow. Old, armless Green Arrow. Um, and then the bosses. We've got Two-Face, the mutant leader. Which, you know, nice and generic. Mm-hmm. But again, we're going with the comic here. Joker. And of course, Superman. Because you got to face off against Superman. And the base version of the game comes with standees and some cards. And, and like, there's not a ton of stuff in the box, right? It's $60. It's honestly, if it was on the shelf, I'd be like, sure. But on Kickstarter, plus you got to pay the shipping. You're like, it's kind of expensive. Eh. Um, but if you want to get the deluxe edition and spend even more money, you get miniatures. So, you know, that's what everybody's doing, right? There's like 177 backers for the base version and 2,300 for the deluxe version. So wow, this is how Kickstarter works now. Um, so if you get the deluxe version, you get miniatures for all those characters, including the bosses. So you get a Joker miniature and a Superman miniature and your Dark Knight. Uh, and then you get a little extra box for those miniatures and a special like slip case in which you put the game and the miniatures so it it kind of fits into like your comic shelf i mean it's a board game obviously but it's just like they slide out like books so that's kind of cool mechanically the game doesn't i I haven't dug into this really enough like it looks interesting but it also looks like 
a really expensive solo puzzle. So I don't mm. know that I want to spend this kind of money on it. It's $100 for the deluxe edition, by oh the way. God. I know. Yeah, so <laughs> there's that. Jeez. And when they funded it, they added a 1v1 mode. So it's not oh, no. just solo anymore. Somebody <laughs> yeah. can play somebody can play one of the bad guys and do the stuff that the AI would have done, right? So it is now one to two players, mm-hmm. finally, right? But we don't know what any of the stretch goals are yet. Uh, the first one was engraved batterings, which is at 275K, which they still have not hit. And then they have another eight, I think, Kickstarter exclusive st- things listed that we don't know what they are yet because who knows if they're going to get that much money because they set a crazy goal for a solo game. Um <laughs> <laughs> but suffice it to say, I, I am watching this. I'm keeping my eye on it. If they add enough cool stuff, I might be very much enticed to, to jump into this. It's one of the designers worked on Sagrada, which is a great solo game. So I'm on the fence, but it's Batman. It's Dark Knight Returns. It's It looks fantastic aesthetically. Um, and it's Cryptozoic. So, you know, like they're going to hit their marks and get it shipped out. and It'll be a decent quality game uh, at the end of the day. With well, the gameplay, we'll see. So. That is The Dark Knight Rises, The Dark Knight Returns. Sorry, I keep getting mixed up with the the Nolan film. The Dark Knight Returns, the game. uh, It is up until March 19th. So check it out. I saw this and I thought of you instantly. And as you mentioned, this game kind of came out of nowhere. And I don't know if it's because that's just what Batman does. Batman pops out and disappears because Batman. Or Cryptozoic, again, which is, Cryptozoic's always been an interesting company. They have so many IPs. I don't know how they were able to do that. Like, I don't know how they were able to pay for all those IPs. But generally, they don't do a lot of Kickstarters, considering the number of games that they have. Uh, They did, you know, Ghostbusters back in the day, which... I don't think went over very well. I mean, they made a lot of money, but it's, it's been in discount bins forever. I, I guess as far as gameplay is concerned. But the one thing that Cryptozoic does very well is that they know how to manage the IP. They know how to make a thematic game. And obviously we played, I think it's a Cerebus engine. Their their deck builders are obviously okay. something. So in this day and age, I guess once upon a time, Anthony, this probably would have been a deck builder. <laughs> you <Right>. know, like <laughs> when games were back in the day where games were normally priced and now it's like, you know what? Engraved battle ranks. <laughs> How about that? You're like, <laughs> that is stupid. I'm going to buy two. <laughs> I'm just yeah. telling you, I'm going to buy two now. So yeah, it's it's certainly the day, which is again, it's very funny because there's engraved Batarangs, but there's also standees. How do you have a game with engraved Batarangs, but you also have standees in a game? How do you limit yeah. yourself? Well, Come on. Well, because they know nobody's going to buy that version. everybody's gonna pay the extra 40 bucks and get the miniatures yeah they know that we know that i mean it's just so hilarious that they they even bothered to put that that backer level in there and they're like hey what about the deluxe version like oh is it gonna have miniatures because you know like everything else is miniatures like yeah it's got miniatures i'm like then why the heck did you even bother with the standees come on like why like that's just that's just mean like that's just that's that's a that's a straw man that's like, oh, we made it affordable for those two people who are like, you know what my thing is? Standies. My thing is standies, and I'm going to go along with that. But, you know, Batman's all about his wonderful gear. What does he get all his wonderful toys? And so you're going to back this. You're going to back with all the plastic in it. So, yeah, it's, it's 100 bucks. Again, 
I, I mean, I, I like the comic. I, I, I don't think this is going to be a backer situation for me, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good that it's out there and it looks very iconic. And I'm sure that this will be a fun game to play. I don't know mechanically, like you said, if it's going to be something that's going to be long lasting. It seems to be more of like a playthrough simulation kind of thing, throwback situation. So, all right, cool. All right, so speaking about weird, odd games that just came out of nowhere, so it seems you've been eaten, or so you've been eaten. I, I think I, I think that's probably the more correct way to say the title. So there is a game on Kickstarter right now that's called So, comma, You've Been Eaten. I know, right? <laughs> but it's actually a real game from Luda Creations. They've done several, several Kickstarters, and... This game reminds me very much of Falling Skies. We reviewed this recently, and this was a CGE game where basically it's a solo game, and you have this very long kind of modular board that's kind of put together, kind of like locks and almost like puzzle pieces together, and then you play one side versus the aliens that are coming down the other side, and then you roll dice to kind of manage everything. So... If you've seen that game, you've seen at least aesthetically or just how it's kind of put together of So You've Been Eaten. Now, first off, really awesome looking artwork here. Really evocative, really cool looking. I'm just loving the artwork here. I love the idea of the theme. It's very different. You're a deep space miner and you are collecting crystals because that's what a deep space miner happens to do. And your job is to pick up these crystals. But unfortunately, this creature... And I, I guess it could be a creature along the lines of, well, I, I guess it wouldn't be as small, but I'm thinking of like Empire Strikes Back, that creature that the Millennium Falcon landed in unbeknownst to it. So you've been eaten by this creature, and it turns out this creature is eating up all the different gems that you want to be able to pick up yourself. So you are going to continue on with your job because, again, that's your job. So you're going to journey down through the creature in order to pick up these different crystals because that's your quota and that's what you have to do. On the opposite side, the creature is like, hey, guess what I ate? So now I just have to consume it. So the creature has all of these bodily bacteria and it's going to send out the bacteria to break down the person and then like fully consume them. So it is in fact, kind of a two-player game as far as like one side versus the other side. Now, this game, strangely enough, has multiple play versions. Again, there's a two-player version, the, the minor versus the beast. There's a one-player solo version, the minor versus a hibernating beast. Uh, another one-play version, which is the beast versus a robot miner. And then somehow there's a game for zero players with a hibernating beast versus a robot miner. That I don't know what that is, but nonetheless, all the gameplay is almost identical throughout the way. Again, it's just a matter of you managing this situation. This also kind of reminds me of Vast, where one of the players gets to be the cavern, and other players get to be the people walking around the cavern. So a little bit like that as well, thematically playing as far as that's concerned. So as the miner, you are journeying down this creature and you're trying to pick up the crystals, and there's eight different crystals in the game, and if you pick those up, you win. If the beast consumes you by getting four bacteria of the same type, then the creature wins. And if you're able to escape, then it's a matter of points. Whoever has the most points wins. So it's it kind of falls into that typical Euro category. So as you're journeying down, 
you are pushing back and fighting against the bacteria, trying to knock them out, trying to push them down while you collect the crystals. And as the creature, your job is to get as many bacteria out there as possible, hopefully being able to infect the miner, eat the miner, and you're able to kind of like score points by doing that as well. So a lot of iconography in this game, but it's an interesting, different take on a game that I, I haven't seen before. There is, of course, a basic version of the game. It's $29. Uh, you can go all the way up from $39 to $49, and then all of the different components become much, much better. There really isn't too much this game. As I mentioned, you have those boards that lock together, kind of like Falling Skies. You have the crystals. I don't know if you need super deluxe versions of crystals because it's just basically, here's a crystal, here's a crystal. You're not like selling them or trading them. And the same thing with the bacteria. Again, it's the idea that you're trying to collect them. But if you want all the things, including a dice tower, you can pick it up for $49 plus shipping, which honestly is still not a very bad price considering for, you know, a decent game that you're getting. Haven't played it yet. Looking forward to getting into the table. That's So You've Been Eaten. It will wrap up on March 30th, 2021. It's already reached or and surpassed its funding goal. Currently, it's at $51,000 and change. Cool. It's it's always such a nice uh, change of pace when we get to the end of any of these previews. And you're like, and the price is okay. You know, <laughs> so rare. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to be fair, too, the price is okay considering everything else has become insane i don't know yeah i don't know five years ago we would be saying you know that kind of price for a solo or two-player game of, of this level but yeah this is where we live now my friend <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah 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 all right so with that said that's our acquisition disorders please keep up with us because we're keeping up with the hottest and the latest that's going on out there so yeah that's the thing all right, so that's everything from Acquisition Disorders. Now on to the games that are hitting our table and our tablet. And we'll let everyone know if those games are a buy and they should run out and pick those games up. If those games are a play, they should sit down and play them. If those games are a dodge and they should avoid them. Or if those games are the dreaded burn and they've fallen down a creature's gullet. And we'll never get to them because they're super expensive and too far deep to pull out. So, Anthony, what did you get to the table this week? All right, yeah. No, I got a, uh, a game to the table called... I'm going to say this wrong. Or a flam or a flame. Okay. I don't know. Uh, it won the 2020 Asdor, um, one of those awards. So it's, you know, one of the best games of the year, uh, according to the, to the to French uh, gaming awards. And it is an interesting mix of like hand management and then kind of stabby, stabby political game. Right. Uh, but instead of like the hidden traitor stuff that is, basically in all of these games now it's purely card based you're not you don't have to lie to each other you don't have to play those games you can just stab each other in the back with the cards on the table which is great so you're going to start the game with or each round in the game anyways with seven cards in your hand so there's 10 in, in your deck uh and you're going to discard three randomly so everybody's going to have should have different hands you could have the same hand but you never know so you're going to discard three you're going to have seven to start and then on your turn, you're going to play a card either at the front or the back of the row of different characters that are out there. And then it's going to come back around and you can choose to either flip over that card and activate its power, or you can leave it there and invest influence on it. So it's face down and you just put an influence token on it. 
And so all the different cards have different powers. So some of them will give you, you know, you can steal from somebody that's adjacent to that card. So you flip them over and you steal. Some will let you remove a card from the row. You could just take anybody out. Some let you assassinate other cards. Some of them are ambush cards. So if somebody tries to assassinate that card while it's still face down, you flip it over and you're like, ha I ambush. And then, you know, <laughs> negate it, basically. So it, it's got kind of like a, I don't know, like a mix of like a Citadel's resistance type of thing where... You are going after each other, but you don't know exactly what everybody else is playing. You have to play that the odds in terms of where things go. The order that they are in the row matters, but you can only place it at the beginning and the back. And it's a lot of fun. Um, it's actually up in beta right now on Board Game Arena. Uh, so that's, that's a good way to play it uh, because getting three to five players together to play in person right now is still a little bit challenging. There is also an expansion that brings in new cards, new ways to play. Like you can mix up your decks and have different characters in there. But in general, like 15 to 30 minutes legit takes about that long. Lots of good interaction without like specifically like calling each other out or going after somebody or having to lie to each other, which I'm sure a lot of you love that. It always makes me very stressed out. I don't love it. So Oriflam, fantastic game. I had a lot of fun with it. It's a strong play for me. Um, if I had the group for it, I would consider picking up a copy because it's only like 20 bucks. And for now, I'm just happy to be able to play it online. Very cool. Yeah, this is a game that's a bit of a sleeper. I don't I don't even know if I've seen it out here in the US. I think it's more of a European game, right? Yeah, I know that it it is out here. My local store has it according to their website, but I haven't really seen it on Amazon or like in all the big box places that normally bring stuff in or like maybe it's a miniature market. I haven't checked, but if it is, it's relatively recent that it's shown up um, because yeah. it is listed as a 2019 release. So it was out in France two years ago and it won the award That's it. last yeah. year. So it's just now trickling through. Um, and I had never heard of it until, you know, a couple weeks ago. Sure. Yeah. I haven't heard or seen anyone review it yet either from the U S so no, that's great. Thanks. I'll definitely check this out. All right. I got a chance to play a game called Just Desserts. Now, Just Desserts is a card game, pretty simple little card game that you've probably seen before. Again, really cute little artwork about serving people different desserts from Looney Labs. Now, obviously, we all know if you've been in board gaming for any amount of time, you know about Looney Labs because they do a lot of those little kind of crazy fun games, especially the Flux games, where there's like a thousand Fluxes. So Just Desserts is very similar to Flux. It's it's about the same size. It's about the same deck. Obviously a little bit upgraded as far as the artwork is concerned. But basically what you're going to do, you're going to serve desserts to different guests and each guest is going to tell you exactly what they want to eat. So it's going to tell you that they're looking for maybe two or three special items. Maybe it has chocolate in it. Maybe it has fruits in it. Maybe it has ice cream in it. Then you need to get that combination of cards in order to fulfill that order. So this is contract completion. But each of the guests also have a special or multiple special desserts that they just love all by themselves. So in that case, you don't need to have the components to give it to them. You just need to have that favorite dessert of theirs. So maybe someone out there really loves chocolate fondue. So if you happen to have the dessert that's chocolate fondue, you don't need to worry about the components. You just give the card in and you score the point. 
So basically this game is all about getting one of each of the five different colored guests that you could put to your hand, or you could get three of the same color. So each of the, the guests are marked with a different color. You know, again, cute artwork, fun little game for the family. The downside of this game happens to be that really it comes down to the draw that you get at the beginning of the game. Because at the start of the game, you are going to get a number of desserts that you're going to be able to play to be able to serve, you know, one or two of the guests. And again, if you give them the exact dessert that they want, you get a free dessert card. So as the game goes on, you got your initial hand, you either hit the people right off the bat or you don't. And then it's a very long game because that main marketplace of guests don't go anywhere until they're fed. So you'll be drawing dessert cards as the game goes on. You can also dump your hand and pick up another hand. But basically, the game comes down to literal luck of the draw. There really isn't anything that you're doing in this game other than picking up a card. And if it either fits or doesn't fit, that's it. So the game does not require you to play whatsoever this game is available on board game arena i've played it on board game arena and as i told anthony earlier i played this just long enough to win the game and just be like i want it i never need to play this game again and honestly i just want it by the luck of the draw so just desserts gets a hard dodge for me it's not necessarily <laughs> a broken game but it really is one of those situations where it's just cute enough that I will let it pass and not burn the heck out of it because it is what it is. And it's basically doesn't need me to play it. Like you could just honestly go here, robot, you play this game and you play this game. Just don't think about it. Just flip cards over. And that's basically the game. So that's just dessert. Hard dodge for me. Burn most times, but honestly, just, just a hard dodge. Sounds great. I should play that. <laughs> Not good, not good, not good. Cute, but not good, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's the games that are, in fact, hitting our table and our tablet. With that being said, let's get on to our feature review. So for our feature review this week, we are talking about, if you like Stardew Valley, the board game, or I guess in this case, the video game, and you couldn't get the board game, we have... Six great games that provides the thematic appeal, the mechanical interest, and just a lot of fun to get to the table. So in the meantime, hopefully you'll be able to play these games because it doesn't seem like Stardew Valley, the board game, is going to be available anytime soon unless you have all the monies possible. So with that said, Anthony, you've actually played the video game, haven't you? I have played uh, Stardew Valley, the video game. Um, not uh -huh, nearly uh -huh. as much as those people who love it because... This is one of those endless games you could play for hundreds of hours, and uh -huh. I don't have hundreds of hours, so. <laughs> I certainly hope that you do have hundreds of hours. Don't say that. Yeah, no. But I, I loved games like Harvest Moon, you know, 20, 30 years ago when I had that kind of time, and this game is like the modern arc incarnation of what we wanted that game to be. This does way more than that. You know, it's... It's a farming game, first and foremost, but they've added layers upon layers over the years. Like now it's it's got fishing, it's got dating sims, it's got like town building, it's got dungeons you can go into and you can go foraging and there's all the different things you can do. But the basic idea is you're tired of life in the, in the big city, you go off to, to work your grandfather's farm and explore, go, do, right? And it's just been 
they've been building on this game for, you know, years and years. And it's one of the most popular games in the world for that reason. So board game seems like it could be anything. I mean, I think it's probably mostly farming, but it could be anything because the game is a lot of things. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and again, it's one of those games that sometimes there are elements to it that just hit the perfect pitch. And the artwork here is absolutely adorable. The co-op gameplay here, how you work together to kind of build up this farm is just endearing. Obviously, we've seen a lot of games with that kind of aesthetic and those kind of mechanics in the past. So it's not terribly surprising that this game would have the broad appeal that it has. Again, surprising that this game just popped out on the market and then some people, I guess, were awake enough to actually see that happen and then scoop it up. <laughs> so they are the they are the true winners of all of these things. So with that said, we want to let you know about six games, three from me and three from Anthony, that will hopefully hold you over while Stardew Valley the board game eventually gets to your table. So that said, Anthony, what three games and why are you bringing them to uh, our table this week? Yeah, so I I focused on the twin concepts of video game-based game and cooperative, of which there are a few, apparently. So we're going to look at a few of those. The first of them is very similar for more than one reason, and that's Mechs versus Minions. Because this was actually designed by the people working at Riot Games and decided, hey, let's make a board game. And then they did. And they just put it out there and it sold out immediately. And then they reprinted it a couple times. And I don't even know if it's fully in print right now, but you can find copies for pretty close to what it normally cost. Um, they printed a lot, I think close to 100,000 copies of this game. So there's a lot of them out there in the wild to find. But in terms of like, the thing it was known for is a beautiful production value, like fully painted miniatures, all this extra stuff, this big sweeping cooperative programming action queue type of system. But with the 10 missions that you go through and all the different things you can do on those missions, there was a lot of game here. And for all those reasons, it's now in the top 100 on board game geek. Nobody saw this coming. The, I guess the main difference is that they actually sent it out to reviewers and the buzz got building that way. And then they kind of cold dropped it on us. Um, whereas Stardew Valley, they're like, we don't even need to do that. <laughs> Just game, go. But yeah, Mechs versus Minions, it, it's not really based, you know, you've gone over this before, Chris. It's, it's not really um, League of Legends, but it uses the universe and it's made by the people who make the game. So Yeah, there's a couple of good characters out there, but that's, a, yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely its own thing. All right. So the second one here for me was XCOM, the board game. This was done by Eric Lang and Fantasy Flight Games in 2015. And it's based on the um, relaunch of XCOM that happened about about that time, like 2014, 2013. And it is a real-time cooperative game. So you have multiple different roles in the game that you will play uh, based on how many players there are. Sometimes you might play more than one. Sometimes you play one. And the game is run by an app, which is very controversial when it came out. But you will be attempting to basically fend off these different, you know, invasions and maintain all your logistics. And there's dice rolling and all these different elements of the game that you have to kind of keep track of as you move forward. It is stressful. It is relatively fast, but it is actually a very good game. Like, it, it was a lot of fun to play. I had difficulty finding people who wanted to play it because of the fact it was an app-based, real-time strategy, cooperative game. People like, no, no, and no. but 
I enjoyed it. The expansion did add a little bit extra to it as well, although that is much harder to find than the base game itself. I Because Fantasy Flight is Fantasy Flight these days, I don't think they're printing this anymore. But again, a lot of them made it out into the wild. So you can find copies of it for like 40 or 50 bucks, which is what it costs when it came out. And I do recommend checking it out. If you like XCOM and you don't mind apps in your board games, this is pretty cool. Last one on the list is Fallout, the board game. Uh, this is uh, another Fantasy Flight game from about three years ago. This one is still in print and sold by Fantasy Flight. And you could find it in like GameStop or on Amazon or in Target. Like It's all over the place. And it is a story-driven game fully it is cooperative. It can be cooperative, but it's not fully cooperative. Like you're running around, you're trying to do things better than other people do them. Um, there's just a cooperative way to play it. Mostly it's a storytelling game. It plays solo. It's It really leans into the role-playing elements of the video game. So you are going around, you're completing different missions, and you're trying to up your perks and your skills, unlock addi- you know, additional abilities and things that you can do. And there's a lot of different ways you can approach the game and different ways to play it. Which unfortunately means sometimes when you play through a scenario, it's not very fun. It just doesn't work because it just not much happens. And other times it can be extremely fun if the right die rolls come up and you face the right monsters at the right time. This one also has an expansion that came out at some point. I don't actually know if that one's easy to find or not, but uh, it does add a lot of additional things you can do as most Fantasy Flight expansions do. Kind of fleshes out the core ideas into something more robust and interesting. So if you're a fan of Fallout, if you like adventure, you know, wander around a map type of games, I do recommend checking this one out as well. Very, very nice. So for me, when I look at this game, and I haven't played the video game version of it, but the board game version of it definitely gives me the feel of that kind of like really fun and engaging and family-esque type of farming simulation. I know, like, in the end, like, a farming simulation. It's like, yeah, it's kind of a farming simulation because you get to farm and you get to connect with different people with different abilities to help you kind of build up your farm and your gardens and grow all your plants and vegetables and such. So I have brought you three games that are super cute, super family, or a little bit heavier in some cases, Mm -hmm. and all about a beautiful production and getting those kind of crops to the table. So first up, in the lightest version of this, I've avoided all the Uwe Rosenbergs, but there was one Uwe Rosenberg that I feel is un-Uwe Rosenberg, or like at least the original Uwe Rosenberg, and that's Bonanza. Now, Bonanza is a game that's been around for so long that you probably don't know that is a really amazing farming game. And it's it's so cute and adorable. There's two-player version. There's family version of this. And basically, you are farming beans, and it's got this really cute kind of cartoon aesthetic to it. But it is a very enriched, like, challenging game with very interesting decisions about what different beans you're going to plant, what you're going to harvest, and how other players are interacting with you. It is a, it's not a co-op game. It's a competitive game. You can play it up to seven players, but Everyone is very much involved because there's always trading going on throughout the game. You must trade in the game in order to win. It's it's the essential character of the game. So not co-op, but it's as close as possible because you do have to cooperate in order to be able to bean your different bean patches. So that's Bonanza. 
Next up is on a little bit on the heavier side. This is Spirits of the Rice Paddy. So again, this is a game from Philip DuBerry. This was a Kickstarter. I think there's also a dice version of this game. But the board game version of this is really serene, really cute. It's all about utilizing all these different spirits to help you grow up your rice paddy and being able to manage the flow of water, to manage the weeds. You even have, I think, ducks that come into play to kind of deal with all the problems that you're having with your uh, rice paddies. So again, there is a... it's a competitive game but there's a cooperative element as you engage with the different spirits as you engage with the different uh people with special abilities that can help you with your rice patties it's a very serene game it's a very beautiful game it's a great production and it's definitely something that you should check out and finally on the heaviest side of this kind of farming simulation but with a cute kind of flair to this is Ed Marriott's game, uh, Scoville. Now, Scoville is all about being able to grow these very hot peppers. And again, beautiful production, fits very much that's that game and all of that kind of feel of like, it's color, it's family, it's fun, it's being able to make interesting decisions. And again, if this game came out or if this game was right next to Stardew Valley, you would be like, oh, is this an expansion? Is this something kind of, you know, off or maybe a little bit heavier version of it? And again, it's definitely a co it's definitely a competitive game, but there is a cooperative element as far as as you are planting your peppers throughout the game, everyone else is moving around and utilizing the different peppers that are happening. You are benefiting from special abilities, from characters that are available in the game. And you are trying to complete contracts for your special peppers. So it's a beautiful little kind of cartoony production, but it hides away a lot of the intricate and interesting decisions that you make through the game. So Scoville on the heavy side, on the hot side, but definitely all on the fun side. All right, so there you go. Six great games that utilize some of the mechanics, some of the gameplay, and just downright some of the cuteness of Stardew Valley, the board game. So if you haven't got a chance to play that game yet, check out six of these games, and we're sure that you'll like them. All right, Anthony, until next time, this is Chris. Hey, and this is Anthony. And we'll save you all a seat at the table. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.